time once again for another animation podcast. The continuing story of a quack who's gone to the dogs. A weekly podcast about all things animation brought to you by Filmbook. Yes, welcome everybody to the animation podcast. My name is Matt Brunet, but some of you may know me as Animat from my YouTube channel, Electro Dragon 505 home of web series that are all about animation, including Animation Look Back and Animat's Reviews. Now, if this is your first time here in the Animation Podcast, well, sit down and listen up, because we got some very fascinating stories for you to hear, and these could probably be stories that'll make you excited for the future and what's to come. For example, in this episode in particular, what's going to happen is that I will be discussing about DreamWorks' big plans for what they have at this year's Annecy Film Festival. Then afterwards, we will be discussing about their secret weapon. Then afterwards, we will be talking about Sony Animation and how they have a Chinese animated feature in the works. Then afterwards, we will be looking into a couple of new Disney villains in movies that we don't know how they're going to try to incorporate villains. And then finally, we're going to end things off with Animat's Pick of the Week. Now, if you want to check out more episodes of the Animation Podcast, then all you have to do is head on down to Filmbook, which is film-book.com, by searching the Animation Podcast. You can also email us at podcast at filmbook.com with the Animation Podcast in the subject line. And so, let us go ahead and begin with our first story right over here, talking about DreamWorks Animation. Now, as you probably know, or as you may have noticed, DreamWorks Animation doesn't really have anything big planned for their movies this year. In fact, this is the first time in a very long time that they haven't had a movie released this year. Like, really, they're just skipping out 2018 and just make some room for 2019. However, it is true, though, that they do have a lot of Netflix series, including some Amazon Prime series that they have in the works, and they're going to be releasing one after another. But in terms of movies, they don't really have much. We just have to wait a little bit until 2019 would roll in. However, even though in the movie front, people won't be talking much about DreamWorks Animation this year, they will most certainly be talking about it at this year's Annecy Film Festival. Yes, what I'm going to be talking about right now is that DreamWorks Animation has unveiled their plans and their whole lineup of what they're going to do at this year's Annecy International Animation Film Festival, which, as you probably know, is the world's biggest animation film festival in the world. The most prestigious, the biggest one there is out there, the one that if you're a big animation celebrity, then you gotta go there. And even if you're a big animation studio like DreamWorks Animation, for example, this is the place to be to really showcase what you got coming soon. And for this year, DreamWorks Animation is really packing heat this year. They got a whole bunch of stuff that they are ready to present. They're going to be like the toast of the festival for sure with what they got, or at least so far right now with the stuff that they have announced. Now, they are presenting five different things from what I can tell. So, in no particular order, uh, the first one that they are going to be discussing about is going to be a little panel called A Conversation with Rodrigo Blas. And for those of you who don't know, Rodrigo Blas is actually the 
Emmy-winning director and executive producer of the hit Netflix series Troll Hunters. So from there, he's going to talk about the behind the scenes, like the making of Troll Hunters. And also, he's going to go and discuss about the series itself, what direction it's going to be going, and also the future of Troll Hunters and the whole Tales of Arcadia trilogy, where it's not just going to be the whole Troll Hunter series, but he's also going to be discussing about the upcoming series that is going to be a part of that trilogy, including Three Below, and the big one that will tie everything together, Wizards, which the latter is going to be coming out in 2019. Now, the second one that they actually have is going to be a screening, which will be honoring the 20th anniversary of this film. And what I'm talking, of course, is going to be The Prince of Egypt. Yes, they are going to be releasing a fully remastered print of The Prince of Egypt in honor of the movie's 20th anniversary, considering that it was released back in 1998. And of course, as you probably know, this is a major movie that actually won two Oscars for Best Original Score, and also, or did it actually win two uh, Oscars? Or No, 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 it only received two Oscar nominations. It actually did win for Best Original Song, though, for When You Believe. So, uh, if you're a fan of Prince of Egypt, then... I think it'll be worthy enough to go and check it out like as a, a a big screen presentation in honor of the movie's 20th anniversary, of course. And then right afterwards, there is also something new that they are going to be presenting, which is the shorts. Now, uh, not too long ago, DreamWorks Animation announced that they are going to be following the footsteps of Disney and Pixar, in which now they are going to be creating some original animated shorts that are going to be released just before their new movie would be coming out. And they already have two that they are prepared to show at the film festival. And one is called Bird Karma and the other is called Bilby. So let me just read you a little bit of a description of what these animated shorts are from my source here at the Animation Scoop. Uh, let's start off with Bilby. So it states here, threatened daily by the de deadly residents and harsh environments of Australia's outback, a lonesome Bilby finds himself an unwitting protector and unexpected friend to a helpless and quite adorable baby bird. Hmm, let's see, DreamWorks Animation working on a project that is set in the Australian outback. I wonder where have I heard that before? <laughs> um, no, but seriously though, uh, this computer animated film, uh, this computer animated short is going to be directed by uh, Liron Topez, Pierre per uh, Perry uh, Perifel, yeah, Pierre Perifel, and J.P. Sands, and of course, going to be produced by Jeff Herman and Kelly Cooney Silella. Uh, and then there is another one in which a lot of people are really excited about this because this is actually going to be a hand-drawn animated short from DreamWorks Animation called Bird Karma. And it states that Bird Karma tells a delightfully lyrical and fully unexpected tale of a long-legged bird's journey of blissful joy, inescapable greed, and the accidental discovery of the consequences when too much is not enough. This one is going to be directed by William Salazar and produced by Jeff Herman. So the big thing with the animated shorts is that DreamWorks has a hand-drawn animated short and a computer animated short that they are prepared to show for Annecy. When are they going to be released to the public? That we will have to wait and see. But that's not going to be the big one. Because there is one more that they are going to present at this year's Annecy 
that is going to be the event you do not want to miss. And this is actually regarding their next animated feature. Now, like I said, they don't have anything in 2018. So the next one is going to be coming out in 2019. And it just so happens to be what is so far now the most anticipated and the one that people have been waiting for the most in terms of DreamWorks animated films, How to Train Your Dragon 3, or what is officially called now, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. And going back into my source, it states that attendees to the 42nd Annecy International Animation Film Festival will be given a sneak peek into the making of the studio's 2019 release, how to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, the highly anticipated culmination of the Academy Award-nominated trilogy directed by Dean Dubois and produced by Brad Lewis and Bonnie Arnold. The presentation will take place Thursday, June 14th in the festival's main venue, the Bondier Theatre. As we are being, uh, oh, as well as being a major artist, Dean Dubois is a longtime friend for Annecy. We are excited to welcome him this year and present his work in a context that will emphasize his great talent. Now that was actually said by Marcel Jean, who is the artistic director at the festival, and he also added, The How to Train Your Dragon franchise is closely linked to our festival, and this is why we are eager to offer our audience the chance to preview footage for the film. So that's pretty much the whole thing with DreamWorks Animation and this year's Annecy. They are really packing heat with all the stuff that they got, not just with the movies, but also with animated shorts and also with some of the TV shows that they got. So basically, you'll get a preview with uh, Troll Hunters and what's going to be going on with the whole Tales of Arcadia trilogy. You'll get a sneak preview with the animated shorts that DreamWorks would have to offer. And of course, the big sneak preview, not an entire pre like not an entire like screening of this, but you will have your first ever look of how to train your dragon, the hidden world, looking at the behind the scenes, looking at some exclusive clips and all that kind of stuff. And honestly, so far, I think this is going to be the big ticket seller here at this year's Annecy, the event that you do not want to miss because really DreamWorks Animation, they are slowly but surely trying to build up the big stuff that they do have and they are preparing the biggest things that people have been waiting for the most in order to present them at DreamWorks Animation, uh, to present them at this year's Annecy. On top of the new things they want to go and present, including, um, the animated shorts to show what they can do with it. And it's uh, quite fascinating to see that they do offer a variety, including a 2D animated short. That's probably a big, that's probably big news right over there. Um, I've seen it circling around social media, especially with uh, animated specific uh, animation specific sections where people really got excited as much as How to Train Your Dragon 3 over the fact that DreamWorks Animation is actually going to be returning to 2D hand-drawn animation, not necessarily with a movie, but with an animated short. Just seeing like just seeing hand-drawn animation from DreamWorks Animation again, that is actually quite amazing because 
Admittedly, looking back at the many, or not the many, but some of the animated films that DreamWorks made in their very beginnings, the four the, the four hand-drawn stuff that they've done, like The Prince of Egypt, El Dorado, Spirit, and uh, Sinbad, all those, you gotta admit, like, they, they can range from, like, different le levels of how good or how bad they are. Some of them are amazing, some of them are just decent, but the, the hand-drawn animation that's been done in there is absolutely phenomenal. Like, it really was on par with what Disney was actually doing at the time, or maybe even better. Like, it is absolutely beautiful. And the fact that DreamWorks is going to be returning, at least with a start with Bird Karma, I think it really does show that maybe they're going to go and advance a little bit more with what they can do with it. And honestly, I am actually very excited to see what Bird Karma would be. And hopefully, maybe Bird Karma is going to be the animated short that they could play just before How to Train Your Dragon 3. Because that is going to be a new chapter when that's going to be coming out in theaters. Not just because it's going to be the final uh, movie from How to Train Your Dragon, but it's also going to be the first ever film that's going to launch the partnership between DreamWorks Animation and Universal. So maybe that can fully set off the new chapter where now they're going to be showing animated shorts as well. It's going to be interesting, but I guess we'll have to see with what they're going to do with these shorts and when are we legitimately going to be seeing them. I mean, not, not to discredit Bilby or anything like that, but yeah, as you could tell, I think a lot more people are more excited about Bird Karma than Bilby. Now, Bilby could be great, but yeah, you could tell the appeal. It's like, ooh, hand-drawn animation. Cool, let's go check out Bird Karma. But yeah, honestly, I am envious to all those that are going to be at this year's Annecy Animation Film Festival because they really got a lot of major projects that they could go and check out. And so far, unless Disney or Blue Sky or Illumination is going to come in with something big to present at the festival, I think really DreamWorks is going to be the real winner at this year's festival with the stuff that they have to show. With the animated shorts, uh, with the little preview, with what's going to be coming up with the whole Troll Hunters franchise and the whole Tales of Arcadia trilogy... And of course, with How to Train Your Dragon 3. There's really not that much that we could discuss about How to Train Your Dragon 3. I think really that's going to explode once that is going to be shown with some of the things that will happen at the Annecy Animation Film Festival. Like, we're going to wait until that's going to come out and then things will get really big once it starts unfurling itself. Uh, I, I can't wait for it. I think... Honestly, one thing I wouldn't be surprised, though, is that what the public is actually going to get is that around that time, we could be getting a teaser trailer to How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. I know technically it would be a little too early, but that film is actually going to be coming out next March. So they, they still have time. And I mean, sometimes teaser trailers would come in even more than a year before the movie would initially be released, but I do have a good feeling that around this time, like pretty soon, we will be hearing a lot more news and a lot more information regarding How to Train Your Dragon the Hidden World. Maybe more plot synopsis, maybe who's going to be in the cast, like recurring and the new ones, but I'll say right now, we'll just have to wait and see, but 
I, I'm at the point where I am starting to get really excited and I mean it really is a good feeling because it's been a long time since anybody has really gotten excited over DreamWorks animation in general but yeah that's pretty much the whole thing with what is going on with DreamWorks animation at this year's Annecy International Film Festival. Now uh, they didn't specify right over here when uh, specifically is going to happen uh, the Annecy Film Festival like when is it that they're gonna go and like start it and then like finish it or stuff like that but it looks like it's going to be happening on the week in the middle of June so if you are in France then the Annecy International Animation Film Festival is something you do not want to miss and when you are there the DreamWorks stuff will definitely be something that you do not want to miss. Okay, so for our next story right over here, we're still going to be talking about DreamWorks Animation. However, let us discuss about its future and the upcoming list of animated features that we know that they have so far. And I'm going to say right now that unfortunately, it is true that they have way past their prime. People are not necessarily as excited for the upcoming films of DreamWorks Animation as much as they used to be. Like, they really have passed their prime from the days that they used to be Disney and Pixar's biggest rivals in terms of making animated features. Now, I know many people and I've had many friends who would tell me that the only animated film that they've truly been excited for with their upcoming list of animated films that they have so far is just... How to Train Your Dragon 3, or how, or now we would have to say How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. The rest that they got, in terms of their original animated films, we don't know how they're going to be. We don't know if they're going to be as strong as some of their more popular or some of their biggest ones that they have. And also, in terms of the follow-ups, in terms of the franchise that they're trying to expand, well, so far we just have Trolls 2 and the Boss Baby True, uh, the Boss Baby 2. So, really, there isn't much worth getting excited about over DreamWorks Animation, and it really put them down into some of the lower tier animated uh, animation studios. Like now, DreamWorks Animation is just—it's no longer up there with like Disney and Pixar and stuff like that, but more like in the lower tier, close to where like Blue Sky and Sony Animation would be. However. It seems that now, in the future, it could be that all that would actually change. Because DreamWorks Animation has now a major secret weapon that can completely flip the studio to make people completely excited for DreamWorks Animation all over again. And that actually comes in the form of Oscar-winning director Guillermo del Toro. Yes, DreamWorks Animation has signed a multi-year exclusive deal with Guillermo del Toro for him to actually go and create some animated family films for the studio. And when I say create, he would actually go and not just produce animated features in there, but he is also going to be writing some animated films and he will also be directing some animated films. So we will legit be getting some Guillermo del Toro DreamWorks animation films. Uh, this is actually very coincidental because not too long ago, Guillermo del Toro actually did a very similar deal 
but with Fox Searchlight, where he is going to be uh, writing, producing, and directing some animated films for not not animated films, uh, writing, producing, and directing some live action films for Fox Searchlight. And for those of you who don't know, Fox Searchlight is actually uh, the branch from 20th Century Fox where they would allow some independent films, like some lower budget, but let the creators do their thing and be more free with what they want to do. So that's more Fox's indie branch right there. And not too long ago, they have collaborated with Guillermo del Toro on his uh, latest masterpiece with The Shape of Water. And not too long ago, in fact, uh, Fox Searchlight actually did release Wes Anderson's newest animated feature, or at least latest by the time that I am recording this, Isle of Dogs. Now, let me go ahead and read from my source here in Variety about what Guillermo del Toro said about the deal. And uh, by the way, I'll also try to do my best uh, Guillermo del Toro impression for this little quote here. So, <clears throat> all right, so let's do this. Animation is an art form that has influenced my work greatly since childhood. To me, it is the perfect medium to bring to life any and all ideas, no matter how outlandish or wild. I am eager to work with uh, uh, DreamWorks Animation President Chris DeFaria and the talented artists at DreamWorks, uh, some of the most talented people in the business, uh, to make these images a reality. I have worked with DreamWorks for about a decade, and the horizons just keep getting wider. And on top of that, there's also a quote from the DreamWorks President uh, Chris DeFaria as he states, uh, we are thrilled that Guillermo is adding a film partnership to the already successful television relationship he has with DreamWorks Animation. He is truly a one-of-a-kind artist, and we are eager to see his imagination on full display in the family animated feature space. Guillermo has a unique talent for creating memorable worlds and characters, and we believe the films we created uh, we create with him will resonate with animation audiences from. Oh, excuse me, okay, uh, for many generations to come. I am personally very excited to extend the long working relationship I have enjoyed with Guillermo and look forward to him also collaborating with us on some of our breakthrough advancements in technology and innovation. Now, what is actually very interesting to note about Guillermo del Toro is that this is not going to be the first major time that he will be collaborating with DreamWorks Animation. Like he stated, it's been around a decade, not, not fully a decade, but it's been around a decade since uh, Guillermo del Toro actually did work on DreamWorks Animation, not just for animated uh, TV shows, but also for animated films. Uh, he started out being a collaborator, being a creative consultant, and also an executive producer for movies such as Megamind, Puss in Boots, Rise of the Guardians, and also Kung Fu Panda 2 and 3. And of course, probably the most popular thing that Guillermo del Toro has done in DreamWorks Animation is actually be the creator and the executive producer of what is now known as one of, if not the most acclaimed and most successful animated series on Netflix, Troll Hunters, and what will later become the Tales of Arcadia trilogy. So that's the big thing that is going on with DreamWorks Animation, the fact that they got Guillermo del Toro to create some animated features to really strengthen the bond between Guillermo del Toro 
and also with DreamWorks Animation. And honestly, looking at this right over here, I think DreamWorks Animation really scored big right over here. This is one of the biggest catches that any animation studio would want. Because here's the thing with Guillermo del Toro. Just recently, like he went from acclaimed director to master filmmaker. Like a lot of a lot of people nowadays really do see him highly and especially in the Hollywood circles, especially the fact that this year at the Oscars, not only did he win Best Director, but he also won Best Picture for what he did with The Shape of Water. And the idea that an animation studio like DreamWorks Animation can easily just grab someone like Guillermo del Toro, who just got those big Oscars, to make some animated films for them, that is absolutely phenomenal. That is something that animation studios would dream of having. This is something that not even Disney nor Pixar can do. Or at least with the format that they have, they can't just go ahead and try to grab an Oscar-winning director. It's like, hey, you did this best picture movie? Come make an animated film with us. They can't easily do that. DreamWorks, on the other hand, they just easily grabbed Guillermo and said, hey, come make some animated films with us. And Guillermo just came in and just said, oh, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, and I mean, it is true that technically they've already had a strong connection before and that's why it makes it easy. But the fact that they do have someone that is highly acclaimed as Guillermo del Toro, someone that people really do trust to see him make some amazing movies. And it's not just with uh, The Shape of Water, but also many of his past works have been highly acclaimed and highly adored by people, including Hellboy 1 and 2, uh, uh, some of the Blade Run, uh, some of the Blade movies. I was about to say Blade Runner. <laughs> That's a little mistake right over there. Yeah, uh, some of the Blade movies, and also uh, Pan's Labyrinth, of course, and uh, Pacific Rim, and so many others. I mean, Guillermo del Toro already has some movies that are a part of the Criterion Collection, so that really does say a lot about how people view him highly as an artistic filmmaker and even as an auteur in a way. And on top of that, his relationship with animation is already very strong. Like, this is one of those filmmakers that animation fans even admire, not just for the artwork that he would put in onto some of his live-action films, but this is a guy that does treat animation as a high art. And like I said before, he has already collaborated with DreamWorks Animation in order to create some big-name movies. So he has already done some big works, and technically he has already touched upon animation with what he has already done in Troll Hunters. And if I may speak personally about the series, I freaking love Troll Hunters. I'm not someone who normally gets into TV shows quickly, but with Troll Hunters, I am easily sold, especially the fact that the writing is absolutely solid. And even the animation, honestly, I would say it's almost on par with some of the feature films. Like, I would actually be happy if they would legit release that in theaters because the designs are very strong, they're very strong, they're very creative, and they really do look good. Like, just get, just put in a little bit more rendering power and it would be right up there with How to Train Your Dragon in terms of the quality of the animation that they are bringing out. So Troll Hunters is definitely a very solid series. Um, I would already say right now that 
some of my favorite characters uh, would include Nan Enrique, and I think, uh, oh crap, what's the chubby kid's name again? It's been a while since I've seen it. I think Toby or or something like that. But anyways, uh, you do get the idea. I am a huge fan of Troll Hunter, so yeah. With that in mind, I really am excited to see Guillermo del Toro coming on board to go and do some animated features and. Honestly, I think that is kind of the big thing that I am excited the most about it. Like, I'm not just a fan of Troll Hunters. I'm also a huge fan of Guillermo del Toro's works. I really do love a lot of his movies, including, uh, like, I recently saw The Shape of Water. And yeah, it really is the kind of film that definitely would deserve uh, Best Picture at the Oscars. Honestly, that was one of the biggest pleasant surprises that I've seen from this year's Academy Awards. And the fact that we would see Guillermo del Toro, someone who definitely is an artist, someone who has a vision and a strong imagination that he could bring whatever is, is in his mind and he could bring it to life, that would actually be interesting and amazing to go and check out. And I mean, there was at one point when Guillermo del Toro was really close to actually making an animated feature. Originally, he was planning to create a stop-motion animated film, which is an adaptation of Pinocchio, which would have the art style of Gris Grimley. But the setting is really something that was iffy for uh, filmmakers, not filmmakers, but for the distributors and stuff like that. They were very worried because... Uh, Guillermo del Toro originally planned a anti-fascist Pinocchio that would have been set during the time of Mussolini. So that was the reason why filmmakers, they were like, mm, I don't know, Guillermo, sounds like a good idea, but maybe not now. Now, I'm not saying that now it's going to happen at DreamWorks Animation, but, you know, th there was a time when we were actually very close to actually getting a animated feature from Guillermo del Toro, but... That one has unfortunately passed, but now we could be getting another chance, at least with a different project with Guillermo del Toro. And honestly, I really am excited to see what they have in store. And yeah, I think honestly, if this works out well, if Guillermo del Toro can pull off animated films as strong as what he's presenting with his live action films, like with uh, Shape of Water, with Pan's Labyrinth, with the Hellboy movies, I think this can really put Dream uh, DreamWorks Animation back on the map. This could actually bring back DreamWorks Animation to how they were back in the 2000 decade when they were considered Disney and Pixar's greatest rival in animated features, at least in terms of the quality of the movie that they're releasing. Now, if this is actually going to work out financially, like if Guillermo del Toro would be capable of actually making animated films that would become their next big franchises that would make a lot of money, like with Kung Fu Panda or Madagascar or Shrek or How to Train Your Dragon and stuff like that, that will be remain to be seen. But for now, it does seem like a very good idea and it does make me very excited for DreamWorks Animation all over again. Now, I don't have just How to Train Your Dragon The Hidden World to be excited from DreamWorks. Now, they actually do have something that I could be excited to see thanks to the collaboration with Guillermo del Toro. So, with all that said and done, I just want to say uh, congratulations Guillermo del Toro on this big deal and I wish you the best of luck along with all the artists and animators and all the producers down at DreamWorks Animation. Hopefully you guys will collaborate to make something amazing and hopefully to make the next big DreamWorks Animation movie.
Okay, so moving on to our next story, unfortunately, we'll have to go into a downgrade right over here where we will be discussing from DreamWorks Animation to Sony Animation. Yuck. I know. But uh, what's going to be interesting about this one right over here is that the news might not be what it seems because I've done a little bit more research and this little project that they have is not necessarily what you think it is. Now, the big news that happened is actually that Sony Pictures Animation announced that they have a brand new animated film on their roster that's going to be coming soon in a year or two. It's uh, going to be called Wish Dragon. And from there, they have already released a whole bunch of information there already. Not just the plot synopsis and who's going to be among the crew, but we also got a pretty big list of who's going to be in the cast. Uh, so this is going to be an animated film that will mark the directorial debut by Chris Applehaus and the producers, I believe, do they have a list of producers in here? Ah, oh, yes, they do. Um, they also have, uh, Ian Sugarman, that's going to be an executive producer. And also they got Aaron Warner and Chris Bremble that will be just the producers. And among the cast, they actually do have a prominent Chinese cast because this is actually a Chinese-themed animated feature. So they got Jackie Chan, they got Constance Wu, they got Natasha Liu Bordizo, they got Will Yun Lee, they got Nico Santos, they got Jimmy Wong, and they got Bobby Lee. And on top of that, they also got, uh, or actually, are they got... Uh, oh, yes. Oh, there there they are. Okay, yeah, because there are a couple of more people that are currently in talks to see if they are going to be among the cast as well, including John Cho and Jimmy O. Yang. Now, the plot of Wish Dragon is that it says right over here in my source through Deadline, it says, The Pick is a modern retelling of the classic Genie in a Bottle tale from A Thousand and One Nights. The core of the story reminds us that the most important things in life, hard work, honesty, friendship, and family, cannot be wished for. And from there, it's not just going to be Sony Pictures Animation that's going to be working on this, but this is also a major collaboration between uh, Beijing Sparkle World Media Corporation and Base Animation, both set in uh, China. So that's the big thing that they are working right over here. Now, in terms of the release date, I'll just say right now that they know that by next year they will release it in China, but we have yet to have a confirmation on when it's going to be released all around the world, like in the rest of the world, including in North America. Now, when I first heard about this news right over here, I thought this was a legitimate animated film that Sony Animation was going to make. I thought they were just collaborating with some Chinese companies in order to create an animated feature whose main focus, whose target audience is going to be China. Like, I thought Sony Animation is going to be making a movie that would mainly please the Chinese, that it won't necessarily matter how it's going to go or how the critics will react, or then again, it is Sony Pictures Animation. They don't care how audiences or critics react to their movies. All they care is just freaking money. If you don't, if you don't believe me, look at how uh, Tom Rothman is reacting to Emoji Movie. Uh, but anyways, uh, the thing is with uh, Wish Dragon, I thought 
the main thing is that Sony Pictures Animation wants to really try to tap in onto the Chinese market that they want to try to create their own version of Kung Fu Panda in a sense. But apparently that doesn't seem to be the case because I did a little bit more research about this Wish Dragon project and also the Chinese companies that are actually going to be working with Sony Animation on this, especially with base animation. And upon my research, I find that there's a lot more info that has already been revealed about Wish Dragon. Like, first off, I was really surprised to find that there was already some artwork that exists from Wish Dragon. Like, they already did a lot of concept art that's already surfacing all around the internet, and I was surprised to see it. I was like, holy crap, they, this already exists? Where, where did this come from? Like, I was honestly very shocked to see that they really are far ahead into production and they've already done a lot of stuff and a lot of things that they are prepared to show off. But then my discovery led to a little article that I found on Animation World Network in which um, they have done an interview with the director, Chris Applehaus, discussing all about Wish Dragon. And I mean, already, I guess things are really prepared with uh, Wish Dragon and what they have done. But here's the real catch though, and this is something that completely changed my perspective of this, uh, of this movie right over here with Wish Dragon. The thing is, this article from Animation World Network was released on December 5th, 2016. This was already done more than a year ago, almost a year and a half even. So Wish Dragon was already a thing that exists and I've read the whole article and nowhere in here does it mention anything about Sony Pictures Animation or anything like that. This was purely a base effects movie and it was just shown as just a Chinese animated film and that's all the questions that they are asking. So really the big thing about Wish Dragon is that technically it's not really a Sony Pictures Animation film. Sony is not really going to be heavily involved with the making of this movie. At the most, they're just going to be contributing a little bit to the English voice cast and that's pretty much it. So overall, the thing with Wish Dragon is that the way Sony Pictures Animation is handling it they're not the makers, they're just the distributors. So Wish Dragon is as much of a Sony animation film as much as the Pirates Band of Misfits is a Sony animation film, where technically, yes, it is under the Sony umbrella, but people would associate it more as uh, an Aardman film more so than a Sony animation film because it's more them who would create it. It's more their own thing that they're trying to go and craft up. So it's honestly very interesting that Sony Pictures Animation is going back into trying to do the distribution thing. But then again, this is, uh, it, you know, in a way it does make sense when you think about the new direction that Sony Animation is going where they really are desperate to try to mass produce their animated features now. And especially at this point, like they can't just release like one animated film after another, like, 
eventually you will run out of steam if you're going to continuously release two to three animated films annually. So in a way, I could see this as a way for Sony Animation to pick up the slack so that there would be one year in the future, like maybe in 2020 or 2021, when they don't have a lot of animated features, they could just go ahead and release Wish Dragon that would be under their umbrella. And technically they could say that it is their film. So that's pretty much the interesting thing with Wish Dragon is that Sony Animation is giving us the chance to actually see it, but it's not necessarily their film. It's actually base animations film. So how that is going to happen, how the English voice cast is going to go, we'll just have to wait and see. But the big thing with Wish Dragon is that it will be coming out in theaters in China sometime in 2019, but we'll just have to wait and see when it will be released everywhere else in the world. Moving right along to our next story, we're going to be talking about a couple of live-action films. But don't worry, these are a couple of live-action Disney films that do have a little bit of a connection to animation, or in this case, animation and theme parks. And the reason why I want to bring these up is because they're both very similar in terms of news where the big thing in a whole is that Disney has actually announced a bunch of actors that will be playing villains in two particular movies. And these movies have something very similar, and that is, why the fridge do these movies in particular need any villains? And so uh, the first news that actually came out is actually going to be regarding the sequel to Maleficent, where they said that Ed Skrine or Ed Screen, or I think that's how you pronounce his name, but Ed, I'll just say Ed Scrine, he is going to be playing the villain in Maleficent 2. Now, we don't really know much about the plot, and we don't really know much about who the character that Ed is going to play, but all we know is that he is going to be playing the villain, and he will be among the cast, including Angelina Jolie and Elle Fanning, who are going to be returning for this film. Uh, the movie will be written by Jeff, uh, Jez Buzz Butterworth and Linda Wolverton, while Hua I think that's how you say his name, Joaquin Joachim Ro Roning, yeah, Joachim Roning, who was previously the director of the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean film, Dead Men Tell No Tale. So that's the big thing with uh, Ed Skrine right over here. He's going to be the villain of Maleficent 2. But then you also got the Jungle Cruise. Yes, as you probably know, Disney is going to try to make uh, another Pirates of the Caribbean where they're going to take uh, one of their classic attractions at Disneyland and they'll try to turn it into an epic movie that hopefully they'll turn into a big franchise. And from there, they have actually announced not one, but two villains. Uh, they are going to be played by Edgar Ramirez and also Jesse Plemons. They are going to be joining the cast that so far is going to be including Emily Blunt, Jack Whitehall, and of course the big man himself, Dwayne Johnson. Now, we don't know specifically who these villains will be, but we know that in terms of uh, Edgar Ramirez's role, he is actually going to be uh, someone who has a conquistador background. And uh, we actually do know a little bit 
of what this plot is going to be. So if I may read from uh, my source here in The Hollywood Reporter, it actually says that Dwayne Johnson will play a boat captain who takes his sister and her brother on a mission to find a tree believed to possess healing powers. Wild animals and a competing German expedition figure... Uh, oh... Oh, no, 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 sorry, I think I read that wrong. Wild animals and a competing German exposition figure into the proceedings. So that's the big thing, is that apparently there is this tree that has healing powers and they need to go and get there first, which uh, also it says that the setting is actually going to be in the Amazon jungle during the early 20th century. So basically around the time of Tarzan. And uh, I have actually heard a rumor before where it actually stated that the tree itself that gives healing powers, it actually has uh, an official name, which apparently they would call it the Tree of Life. And if you are a fan of the Disney parks, that is absolutely confusing because the Tree of Life is also the name of the giant tree, which is like the icon of Disney's Animal Kingdom at Walt Disney World. So if they are actually going to be serious with that, and if there is going to be a legitimate connection with, um, with the Jungle Cruise movie, and then suddenly you'll have the Tree of Life from Animal Kingdom, this is going to be turn. this would honestly turn out pretty weird, where suddenly it, it would be like a massive shift that, okay, this is the Jungle Cruise movie, whoops, nope, this is actually the Animal Kingdom movie. Actually, you know what, I, I did think about that a little bit, and... A part of me does think that it would actually be an amazing idea if the Jungle Cruise actually does turn out to be like a whole film franchise of the Animal Kingdom. Because if you think about it, that would mean that one of the sequels could actually be a legitimate Expedition Everest movie. How awesome does that sound? I mean, think about it. You got freaking Dwayne Johnson who's got to fight off against the Yeti. That, that would be absolutely amazing, but I don't know if that's the direction that they want to go, but yeah, basically the big news is that the Jungle Cruise has a couple of villains now, and now Ed Skrine is actually going to be the villain of Maleficent 2. But I just want to ask again, why the fridge do these things have villains? Because first of all, it's already mind-bottling the fact that we have a Maleficent 2, I mean, the first movie is technically the first one to really launch the Disney live-action remakes, and which in this case is a live-action remake of the 1959 animated classic Sleeping Beauty. And that one right over there, they completely screwed the whole story up, where technically the movie was supposed to be... the, the Like, the star of the movie is supposed to be one of the greatest Disney villains, and they really messed up the script so badly and the fact that it's supposed to be Maleficent that's the villain but no in the first movie they decided to get like a raging lunatic in the form of King Stefan just going around I will not tolerate anything until I see Maleficent dead we need to make sure she is dead and all that kind of stuff but now we got Ed Skrine coming in whom he's going to be the villain and not Maleficent I mean, seriously, how much more can you really screw this up? But then again, we don't know how a Disney live-action remake sequel is going to function. Like, it would honestly amaze me if this movie actually would turn out great or if it would actually work because, honestly, I didn't really enjoy much the uh, 
the first Maleficent movie. I will give it that Angelina Jolie is great as Maleficent and it does look very nice. I will give it credit that it is a nice looking movie, but the script is garbage. It is absolute freaking garbage. So I don't know. I don't have my hopes high on the Maleficent sequel. And as for The Jungle Cruise though, Man, this is going to be a weird movie. I I still don't know which direction they're going to be going with this one. But honestly, it is weird. Again, the fact that we have a movie where with the Jungle Cruise, we have villains. We have Jungle Cruise villains. Now, that's going to be pretty tough to imagine. Because the thing is, like, when you look at the previous movies that do actually like the the previous movies that are based on Disney rides and stuff like that some of them are actually pretty easy to figure out who can be a villain like you look at Pirates of the Caribbean that ride is entirely consisted of villains like it's literally a place where you got a whole bunch of villains that are wreaking havoc in a Spanish village so really the villain has to be a pirate like that is easy to go down there and then you got the mansion and in there, you got some ghosts that can easily fill the form of, like, they can be a villain. They got some recognizable icons in there, and they can easily play the villain part. So, really, just pick one of the 999, and you cannot go wrong. The Jungle Cruise, however, I really don't know who the fridge can be a villain. Maybe you can pick an animal, like a really angry rhino or an angry lion. And I mean, some people te can technically argue that maybe the natives could be a villain, but that would be a very bad image for Disney if they would actually go and make some dark-skinned natives who go, Ooga Booga, I love disco, to be the villains. That's not a good idea. That's like a major no-no. But I don't know where, the, like, honestly, just this idea of a Jungle Cruise movie, I don't know where the fridge they're planning with this. And honestly, the one thing that I do hope for is that hopefully it is not too late to actually make a Jungle Cruise movie because I can see the directions where it can really go wrong and it can really be screwed over for Disney because the thing is, especially the fact that we are in a movie that is set in the jungle and it stars Dwayne Johnson, the worst case scenario for this film is that people will, will look at this and people will think that Disney is just trying to cash in on the major success of Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. That would be the worst case scenario. So I think that's the first concern I would have is how do, how will Disney take this and make them distance themselves from Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle? Because it is so easy to fall into that trap. And I mean, technically, yeah, it is the Jungle Cruise, but the Jungle Cruise is a simple concept as it is. You're on a boat, and you're going through several different jungles and you're seeing uh, like old animatronics that are supposed to be animals and stuff like that. And that's pretty much the whole thing with that ride. But overall, it's going to be hard to imagine how this movie is going to come out in general or how this movie is going to have villains or anyway in any of these whatsoever. Now, apparently the production is going to, for both films actually, uh, they are hoping to start production sometime this year. In fact, I think uh, it actually stated for The Jungle Cruise, they're hoping to start filming sometime in uh, this summer. 
But there is one more thing I would like to say, one thing that I am actually hopeful, and this is actually in the Maleficent sequel, considering that they're having Ed Scrine to actually play the villain, it would actually be really hilarious and really awesome to see Maleficent beat up like one of his minions, and then she'll pick him up, and then she'll say, Alright, you miserable fool, where is Francis? And so finally, we shall now go and end things off with Animat's Pick of the Week. And I don't necessarily have a big Animat's Pick of the Week. This is not necessarily a big story, but this is actually something that I highly recommend you guys to go ahead and check it out. And uh, what I'm going to be talking about right over here is something that you guys are probably very familiar with. And what I'm talking, of course, is actually going to be about the steamed hams meme. Now, for those of you who don't know what this steamed hams meme is, basically, you just take this uh, one little segment that came from an episode of The Simpsons, specifically the 21st episode of the seventh season called 22 Short Films About Springfield. And people would actually take the segment that includes Principal Skinner and Superintendent Chalmers and they would go and create their own crazy version of it. And if you don't know what Steamed Hams is specifically, uh, the story in there goes is that Superintendent Chalmers decided to go to Principal Skinner's uh, home and they decided, you know what, let's go ahead and have some lunch. You know, just a nice little uh, afternoon, just eat some lunch and stuff like that. But Skinner noticed uh, a major problem when the roast that he would have for lunch it's pretty much ruined, like it got caught on fire and it's extremely overcooked. And then afterwards, as uh, Principal Skinner would say best, <clears throat> But what if I were to purchase fast food and disguise it as my own cooking? Ho 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 ho, delightfully devilish Seymour. And from there, uh, hilarity ensues and it would pretty much play off as a classic TV sitcom. And what I'm going to be talking about specifically, though, in here is that among all the different versions, this is one that is actually very cool and that you might not want to miss. And it is actually called Steamed Hams, but there's a different animator every 13 seconds. And among those 13 seconds, you'll actually find 13 animators that have actually worked on this. Now, this was actually posted on the official YouTube page of Albino Black Sheep, and this whole thing was actually organized by Andrew Keppel, who is also known in the website as Too Much Spare Time. And from there, you'll actually find the 13 different animators who presented their own very unique style would include uh, not just Andrew Keppel, but also Joe Brennan, Mike Brachak, Ryan Kur uh, Ryan Kurzak, uh, Ryan Kurzak, also known as K Rappin, Austin Davis, Nick Leong, Grant Woolley, also known as Woolly World, uh, Jeff Cook, also known as Aperture Jam, Ro uh, Rob Yulfo, Anonymous, or maybe the person would actually be Anonymous, whoever animated that part, uh, Chris Mayer, also known as Leppy and Guy Incognito. All these people decided to get together and decided to animate their own little bit of 13 seconds 
in the whole steamed hams bit or like in the whole uh, steamed ham segment in that episode of The Simpsons. And uh, the whole thing with uh, steamed hams, I I wouldn't be surprised if even you listening to this right now, you have probably seen at least one different interpretation of steamed hams around the internet. I mean, this is actually a meme that's been going on for quite a while. I think for a few months even. I know for a fact that steamed hams is a meme that actually prolonged even some of the more recent memes that came out this year, like uh, somebody touched a mass spaghetti and also Uganda knuckles. But the funny thing with uh, steamed hams is that, uh, like, I, I know that with me, I've seen several versions of steamed hams. And uh, my personal favorite and my personal recommendations, uh, there is one that I find to be extremely good and uh, like hilariously well done is that it is steamed hams, but for every word they would say, they would show an image that they would, that would be like the first thing they would find on Google images. So if they would say steamed hams, like you would actually see a picture of some steam coming out and then you'll just see like a plate full of hams. And uh, there is another one, and this is actually one of my favorites, is called Steamed Hams, but it's the DK rap, where the person who created the video actually took uh, the audio from uh, the DK rap from the Nintendo 64 game Donkey Kong 64. Like, they took the lyrics, and they pretty much edited it in a crazy way so that it sounds like the guy who sung the DK rap is saying all the lines in the steamed hams bit where the way that it would come out it's not like he's rapping it the whole way through like it's pretty much like spliced up audio like you would hear but what if i were to purchase fast food and disguise it as my own cooking delightfully devilish seymour Like, it would go like that, but I highly recommend you go check it out. It is absolutely hilarious. But going back into this Steamed Hams in particular, the one that Albino Black Sheep uploaded, this is actually really cool. And this is something that I've already discussed about before, or at least this type of video. I've already looked into it with uh, one based on an episode of Super Mario World, and also... I've seen one that they've already done it, which is based on an old Woody Woodpecker cartoon done by several Brazilian animators. Uh, but with this one, you know, this really does encompass what albino black sheep is in general. I remember before the days of YouTube, uh, when I was a kid, I used to always go to albino black sheep and also, uh, there was Albino Black Sheep and a, a Homestar Runner. Like, that would be my main source for internet videos. Like, I know there was also Newgrounds, but I was much more of an Albino Black Sheep kind of guy. And I remember I used to watch a lot of uh, Too Much Spare Time's uh, videos. I, I would consider him, like, one of the best animators that they actually have on Albino Black Sheep. Like, his stuff was actually really good, especially at the time. Like, he made some really high-quality Flash animation. And looking at this right over here, in a way, it really is a uh, a blast from the past because it really does highlight the stuff that you would actually get from Albino Black Sheep. 
where you would get some high quality animation that they would present and then also like you got some that would seem like it would be coming from newcomers like th those are like the newbies that would come in and they would actually create uh some animation in here and it's not necessarily the best but you know it, it is interesting to see them grow into something that could potentially be better like they would actually become legitimate artists from there and uh it, it, you know it's actually kind of funny to see that coming in and see albino black sheep kind of making a comeback with steamed hams and let me tell you this video has actually been going viral like legit crazy viral uh the video was posted on april 14th and as i'm recording this uh it has already gotten around 1.8 million views so yeah this is honestly something that i highly recommend that you can go and check out and just see the different interpretations that animators would have with the whole steamed hams meme now, I know that there is going to be, there is one that I know that's going to be something like this, that's going to be a major collaboration with several animators where they will take something and they will actually make, uh, you know, this big thing out of it. Uh, it's going to be with an episode of Kirby Right Back At Ya, and honestly, I'm actually pretty excited to see what they would have with that. And I've already seen uh, several little pieces of what animators are going to do for that little segment, but it's going to be honestly really cool. And I think I will talk about that in a future episode of the animation podcast when that's going to be coming out. But yeah, honestly, I highly recommend you go and check out Steamed Hams, but there's a different animator every 13 seconds. And uh, I do congratulate the works done by uh, Andrew Keppel and all the amazing animators who actually worked on this bit. Like, they actually did a great job with uh, what they've done here. And with all that said, that is all that I've got for this week. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Animation Podcast. You can find more of my work at film-book.com. All you have to do is search for Metsir Bagunet or the Animation Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at Animat505. Now, if you've listened to this podcast on iTunes or any other podcast service, do you mind doing us a little bit of a favor? It's not too hard to do. Just go and rate and review this episode. That would be awesome. And if you are listening to this podcast on YouTube, then go ahead and hit that like button and leave us a little comment on your thoughts about the news this week. Tune in next week for the latest episode of the Animation Podcast and all things animation. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next week, see you later, dudes. <laughs>